0: radio station the voice of the cape
1: education in daba under the, the voice of the
2: cape 91.3 fm studio
1: Welcome back to Education in Daba here on the airwaves of the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM and 95.8 in the Boland Just a reminder to our listeners that you can participate in the program by sending us your questions or comment via the SMS line that's 47913 alternatively via WhatsApp on the number zero seven double two. Three eight zero seven one two. Now, the next segment of the program uh, says in order for a school to function optimally, it would require a good team who is capable of managing all operations of the school. Now, this includes a functioning school governing body who is able to make important decisions for the well-being of the school community. The importance of the statutory body is often overlooked and is eventually evident when there is a call for parents to participate in SGB elections. Now school governance is a key element in ensuring that quality learning and teaching is achieved. Tonight we unpack why there is a need to educate the broader public Especially parents about the upcoming SGB elections and how parents can actively get involved We are joined online by Ronald Mano, who is the Deputy Director of Corruption Watch uh, Ronald, a very good evening to you Good evening to you and good evening to the listeners uh, Thanks for joining us online uh, Ronald, you have heard my introduction We are looking at the impact of the community uh, Particularly with regards to the involvement of the school governing body elections Where would you want to start your comment?
3: Well, for us, as Corruption Watch, it, it is very important that we look at all local structures, that we strengthen them, and uh, local structures are talking about school governing bodies, community policing forums, clinic committees, work committees. But in this instance, our focus is on school governing bodies. We feel that if these structures are strengthened, then we would not have corruption happening in schools at a level that is happening in schools but also we will have parents and guardians of learners Going to these public schools, holding these very same SGBs accountable in terms of them funds transferred into the school fund, the school account by government. So it, it is a it is a ground zero of democracy. Actually, that is where democracy begins at a local structure, and that is why we are interested in this in this process of corruption.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to allow Michael Yashira to maybe ask a question or comment. Uh, my question at this stage would be. Has there been many instances there, then of corruption with regards to school governing bodies?
3: There's been a lot uh, corruption. Actually, we opened our doors in 2012, and our first campaign that we launched was a uh, corruption uh, a campaign focused on schools corruption because we were surprised as an organisation to see the number of reports coming from whistleblowers that are coming our way and they were they they whistleblowers are reporting about financial mismanagement in schools and our whistleblowers are mostly teachers because they are frustrated and uh, find that the school cannot fix, fix a, a a printer or cannot buy a printing paper. They don't, there are no shops in schools. And that affects teaching and that affects learners immediately. Uh, more, uh, other schools that are uh, on a school feeding scheme program, you find that dead food doesn't reach them. the learner. They end up in the boot of a school principal, uh, the buying of textbooks, buying of furniture, fixing of broken windows in schools, appointment of principals. So those are the kind of uh, corruption reports that are coming our way from different schools around the country and it's a big concern
1: mm-hmm. And uh, what you are then saying is that the school governing body is responsible for governance of the institution and if then people or the right people are not elected to serve on these school governing bodies, uh, that is when some of these challenges then start to uh, you know come to the fore
3: Definitely. We've seen, uh, during the work that we've done in the past four years in schools, we've seen a, a, a bit of extremes. In most cases, school governing bodies understand their roles and responsibilities, but they do not know how to support the principal. So there's always a conflict within the SGB on the role of the school, school principal. Uh, in in quintal one, two, three schools, in farms, uh, townships, you find that, there is a willingness by sgb to support the principal but they don't know how to engage with the process so in the past four years what we've done is we've tried to build a little bit of confidence with sgb members just educating them how a meeting ran how to engage with the meeting, how to go through the minutes of the previous meeting, what is the procurement process, what is the finance committee in the SGB, and that seems to work when you just build on on their confidence to be able to say no. I, as a treasurer of the school governing body, I do not uh, sign blank checks. I need to, uh, we need to follow proper procurement process. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, we've got schools where they've got very supportive very, very supportive SGBs to the school principal. And you find that the chairperson percent of the SGB and the principals form a, a, a collusion and they start looting without the other members being aware that they are doing that. But it's, it, it's the two extremes and i think we need to find the balance in, in schools because in both instances there is corruption happening in the other one there's opportunity for corruption because people are not supportive to the principal on the other one the two are forming a, co- uh, a collusion and then they are released the school account
1: uh, yes, maybe just a quick question or comment from your side.
2: Shukran Ridwan, thank you so much Ronald for joining us tonight. Oh, I thank think you. There's, there's a lot of uncertainty and you know we've had many people speak about what the role and function of the SGB is. Maybe let's start the conversation around your understanding of the role and function of the SGB and how that then impacts on the school with the principal serving on the SGB.
3: The is uh, according to the South African school, uh, Schools Act a uh, main responsibility is to make sure that the school uh, infrastructure is in place and there is proper governance in the school in terms of the funds transferred into the school account? Mm-hmm. And and I think that is a very important question mm. because in the work that we did in the past four years, we've got the School Governing Body Associations, NASGB, uh, Governing Body Alliance, FETSAS. Uh, On the other hand, we've got the Department of, of Basic Education. And as the middle uh, organization, which is an NGO, we find ourselves in a mediator position because in mm. most cases, we see a conflict between these associations which are representing school governing bodies and the Department of Education. And we see this manifest itself through admission policies, Mm -hmm. through language policies, Mm -hmm. through appointment policies. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, I think in the few months, one thing that I've also wanted to call parents to be vigilant about, the Department of Education will be going to to Parliament to try and centralise powers of school I, governing bodies uh, yeah, just, just to take away like the appointment of, of school uh, principals mm-hmm. to take uh, yeah to take away issues of uh, la- uh, the, the deciding who uh, that uh, the language uh, the admission policy to to be a sole responsibility of the department and parents have, this is time where they stand up they make their own submissions so that we can argue and we convince each other on which is the right model to approach in our public schools
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe just uh, my attention very quickly to the SMS line. There's a WhatsApp message from five double nine eight that says Alaikum. In most townships, the principals decide. Parents don't really have a say. Just you can comment around that, Ronald. That
3: is one of the biggest uh, issue that we have in our schools. You find that the principal is a He's sitting in the finance committee as a chairperson. Sure he's doing the he's a signatory. But the American school set so is very clear. The principal is sitting in the school governing board as an appointing officer. He's been shortage of money, yes. We're going to go to the principal and say, what happened? But the, the, the main responsibility of managing the, final, the, the finance and the budget of the school depends on the school governing body with a parent, not a teacher or a principal, sitting as a chairperson of the school governing body. But we do not see that happen a lot. We do not see that manifest itself in our SCBs, especially where a principal is a person of power. Quickly, let me just make an example in Limpopo. We had a principal who, is, who owns a tax shop he is a, a, a chairperson of a political party in the community he's a church elder and that person occupies position of power so parents are scared of this principal. they can't say no to do the principal. when the principal goes to a treasurer and say sign 10 blank checks for procurement processes they sign them because they're scared of him they know him as a powerful man in the community and for us that is where capture that
1: mm-hmm. Well, another thing that we would like to look at, and just to remind our listeners that we are looking at uh, school governing body elections. Now, these elections will take place uh, in March 2018, and there certainly is an appeal made uh, by various uh, organizations, and particularly um, Corruption Watch, uh, that parents actually become involved uh, in these particular election processes Um, get your voices heard and become part of the process but more importantly, you know, make yourself available. Now there's two issues I want to touch on very quickly, Ronald. And The one is, for example, uh, what is the issue around eligibility of parents? Because, I mean, are there any uh, issues or instances where parents are told, look, you are ineligible to serve as a member of the school governing body? That's the one part. Another challenge, for example, particularly in the Western Cape, from my experience, is that uh, there's a requirement that 10 percent of the parent uh, of the learner community, the parents should be at such a meeting for the elections to take place, but yet schools do not meet that particular requirement.
3: Okay, the first one, um, if I remember, the, the first question. If you can remind me what it was. Just about?
1: around the eligibility of parents.
3: The eligibility. So I think the most important issue under eligibility is uh, who in the community is allowed to participate in the elections. So in the elections you have got a voter's role. In the voter's role of the school governing body, uh, it's names of parents. So if you are not a parent or a guardian of a child in the school, you cannot participate in the process of elections. And that is very, very important because as Corruption Watch what we see, you'll see there's a short video that we've just released we've got people renting literally renting children just to serve on the spot if rona doesn't make it in a local political structure Ronald uses the SGB to build the profile of his political uh, career. So I go to an SGB, which means I don't have the interest of learners at heart. All I have is my power. All I have is how I can make quick bucks uh, easy. And we see more and more people who serve on SGB are, are not people who are supposed to be there. But also on the SGB. If you are run out and qualified as a chartered accountant, as a lawyer, as a bookkeeper for your company, and you, you you find that your school doesn't have a person with those skills, you can be co-opted to serve on the SGB without participating in the, ele- in the elections between March in the month of March. So other members, the SGB can sit down and say, you know what, we've got a lawyer in our community, and we need someone with a legal background to assist us with throwing poli- up policies and 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 you can be invited by the sgb so you are eligible to serve on the sgb but you don't have the vote in power but there's also a section on the toolkit that we that we've published on our website which we're going to which we're printing and going to distribute to communities that talks about who is not eligible so i think it's a matter of as corruption watch we're building this movement of public participation to say who can participate and who cannot participate the second question i think is around uh different regulations each province unfortunately with the department of education has got regulations and i know from the national i'll give an example with the national regulation what happens with the national regulation is that for elections to go on in a school during the nomination uh 15 15 plus one percent of parents and the 15 plus one parents the national regulation uh, from the guidelines 15 plus 1% of parents must be in the room now the problem comes for corruption watch where uh, we think there's a there's a gap in the law if Parents were supposed to be, on the day of, of elections in the school, were supposed to be 300, and there are 280, which means there's 20 missing.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It means they don't correct, so elections cannot go on.
1: That's correct.
3: So because they don't form 15 plus 1. But, now, the school electoral officer must call another meeting in the next seven days, and in that meeting, they don't have to correct. Which the challenge, is a problem for us. Yeah, because...
1: because the, sorry, because Ronald, the what challenge I, was what,
3: that... What, Okay.
1: Uh, no, so I'm saying the challenge of that, Ronald, is that you'll find, for example, at the follow-up meeting, uh, that in fact you only have 280 uh, people. You have six people coming. Uh, you see, that and is a the problem. And those people
3: now are, can be SGB members, and that's an, a, an opportunity for corruption because it means... The principal can make sure that only the people that he wants to work with come on the second meeting. And that is one thing that you want to challenge as an organization.
1: Okay, Ronald, do stay on the line. That's Ronald um, Novo, Deputy Director for Corruption Watch. We have now just also been joined in the studio by Mr. Noel Isaacs, who is the chairperson for the Western Cape Chamber of the Education Labor Relations Council. Noel, a very good evening to you. Good evening,
0: Radhavan and Nasira.
1: Uh, thanks for joining us. I mean, the topic that we're looking at is the issue around the impact of the community involvement during school governing body elections. Now, we know that SGB elections are taking place now, for example, during the month of March. Uh, your comment around this very quickly. Well, it's always a challenge because, um, as the gentleman
0: now said, he spoke about the 15% for a, to attain a quorum. In fact, in the Western Cape, the... The department has reduced that to 10%. 10, 10, that's what I said, 10, yeah. And even with 10%, at a lot of schools, you're going to have the situation where schools don't correct at the first attempt. Mm-hmm. And that is a bit of a problem because where's the parent involvement? We always talk about parent involvement and parent must partner with the schools. But at a lot of schools... Realistically, they're not going to get that quorum.
1: Mm-hmm. But one exactly. of the other thi- 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 issues that came up, and I'll give you a an opportunity as well, is that Ronald was saying that corruption within school governing bodies, in fact, are very rife. And obviously speaking from a national perspective. You gave instances or examples of what's happening in Limpopo. From your involvement of 11 years within the, the chamber, within ELRC, uh, and maybe within your position within the department, for example, you know, how... Prevalent is corruption within school governing bodies within the Western Cape, maybe. Are you Um, able to comment on that?
0: Yeah, I don't know if if the gentleman meant governing bodies together with with the principal or school management, or just, uh, you were just referring to school um, management. I mean, as you know, I'm also in the union, so we always represent people for whatever. And, yes, financial mismanagement... I wouldn't say it's a big problem but there are instances where um, especially principals uh, get charged with financial mismanagement because the department regards the principal as the chief accountable officer I cannot speak about corruption in general at governing body level I'm not I'm not
1: Okay, before I I give you over to Yashira for a quick question or comment, maybe just our congratulations on your re-election for the 11th term as the chairperson for the Western Cape Chamber of the Education Labor Relations Council. Yashira, quick comment. No, I just
2: want, you know, to let the listeners know that Mr. Isita has been one of my mentors for quite a while and I've always so taken by how calm he is when he speaks and you know just so engaging. So thank you so much, Mr. Isaacs, for joining us this evening. Um, you know, it is quite difficult being you are a principal of the mm. school, you do serve with on un- organized labor and so, you know, you are privy to a lot of things that are taking place out there. But more importantly, if we're looking at the SUV and we're looking at, you know, we're speaking about the quorum, the Western infrastructure right. to ten percent Within schools, we don't see parents wanting to be involved. What is the spin-off all that, once we have, let's say, our no court elections that takes place on the second time, you know, what have we seen, the trend being, how these SGBs manage um, their function within schools?
0: <coughs> Obviously, as a principal, you also asked by other schools to act as electoral officer. And I normally do some of the schools in the, in the steenberg area. I know one school in particular. Um, in my experience over the past 10 years when there were elections, schools hardly go over to a vote because you always have five parents, if they correct five parents who are nominated. But that one school in particular, I think Mr. Amat's children were at that school. That school, <laughs> there's always a contest. And I think that's healthy. Yes. They always go into voting. It's real primary. And the and the hall is always full and there's always, always voting. And that is the spirit of democracy that we want to see at school level. Yes. People must contest because they want to be on the on the governing body. Just the second part of your question. I've also been involved in training for governing bodies. So I have a sense of you know what happens at governing body level. The major problem, I think, is the capacity of the governing body. Now, when these governing bodies are going to be elected by the 28th of March, we know that the department will roll out a two or three-day tra- uh, training, cool. and then I think that is where it ends. But the Schools Act also places responsibility on the principal. Yeah. I know Ridwan is always very accurate with his, with his um, extracts, but I think it's Section 38 of the South African Schools Act, mm-hmm. which says the principal must enhance the capacity of the governing body, which means that at each school, at each meeting rather, there is always an opportunity to educate, to equip, but at the end of the day, the principal cannot just educate, educate, okay. uh, equip, because the meeting must go its flow, uh-huh. because there is business to be conducted. So. I think the problem is the capacity of the governing body, especially in our working class communities. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been nice if all those workers who belong to unions and who are parents could get involved on the governing body because they have organizational experience, they have experience of running meetings and how to run an organization. And the reality is, <coughs> I don't know if the department has made this survey. I'm looking at Just our school, and other schools also. Over the three years, I mean, the the term concludes the end of March. We have replaced three people, three parents. I know of other schools where they have also had by-elections. So it would be quite interesting for the department to do a survey, just to check the people who elected the parents, let's see how many of them serve out their term. I think we'll be about at 50%. I'm just making an, an mm-hmm. assumption, but we'll be about at 50%, if not less.
1: My attention very quickly to the SMS line. There's a messenger from 6945 that says a concern. Most of the time, schools keep people away from the district offices, giving parents the impression they are the alpha and the omega, with many things happening sometimes. Ruling with an iron fist, causing parents to maybe become frustrated and disinterested. Did you notice how difficult it is to access certain schools? Ronald, do you want to quick uh, comment on maybe one of uh, this particular message? Uh, can you read
3: that again? I
1: didn't get it quite clearly. Okay, my apology. Uh, the, the, the message, for example, is that some, I don't know if it's schools or principals, rule with an iron fist, causing parents to become uh, frustrated and disinterested you know, in either serving or becoming members of the school governing body.
3: Well, I think I think that is one of the challenges that we have. The relationship between districts actually the relationship between provinces, district offices and the, the actual the, the the school level. Where you find that most whistleblowers who happen to be teachers are coming to us telling us that they've reported the matters to the district office in a for the past five years, and you find that the principal has got this relationship with someone in the district office. If I understood that question, and this principal has been protected, and you find that people who see corruption happen every day in schools have got nowhere to go because the the, the district office is not is not uh, assisting the whistleblowers, and that gives the principal even more powers to rule with an iron fist, to control when meetings are going to be held, to con to control to, 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 to determine what they're raising funds for To determine even if it's a no fee school How much they're going to charge extra from parents So that is, those are the kinds of challenges we, we see happening in schools
1: Maybe this is a further comment from our listeners from 5436 As-salamu alaykum The principal and the circuit manager are the most corrupt people during promotion posts Take them off SGBs and schools will have order. Well, once again, a very big shukran and thank you to our listeners for their participation and a reminder that the views expressed on the program does not necessarily reflect the views of The Voice of the Cape, its management or the staff. On that note, we're going to go for a quick air break and when we come back, we'll continue with the program called Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape.